Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. They gonna hate this one. Nah, nigga. Ow. Ain't down, nigga. Nigga. <laughs> ain't down, nigga. Finna shine on me. What? Ain't down, nigga. Finna style on me. What? Ain't down, nigga. Finna stun on me. What? Ain't down, nigga. Finna front on me. What? Ain't down, nigga. Now ain't down, nigga. Ain't down, nigga. Ain't down, nigga.
spinning shine on me. Ain't now niggas spinning shine on me. Ain't now niggas spinning shine on me. Ain't now niggas spinning shine on me. Ain't now niggas. Now ain't now nigga, 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 ain't now nigga. Fuck these motherfucking punk ass bitches and these motherfucking bitch ass niggas. I told you De Niro Red. Fuck these motherfucking lying ass bitch ass niggas that try to goddamn lay low in your grass and slither around like goddamn snakes. Be like Rocco, keep them squagglers out your circle. Goddamn it, replace that goddamn low-cut grass with some fucking cement in your yard so your grass can't grow high enough for the fucking snakes to hide in it. Watch them goddamn bats in the belfry-looking ass goddamn nickel. If you got a fuck... Hey, y'all. Welcome to the De Niro Red HD radio show. I am your co-host. Alexis K. Tyler, and this is my hot new artist, ATL's own, De Niro Red. He just came out on the scene, very talented, very hot, very good-looking, very in-your-face, raw, and off the goddamn chain, new hot music, and I'm so glad to bring him to you and introduce him to you. This is a new show that we're going to be doing every week, and we want you to join in, call in with your questions and your comments for De Niro Red HD. You can also ask me questions and get comments from me, Alexis K. Tyler, since I will be co-hosting his show. This is a new live in-your-face hip-hop show that is everything about De Niro Red HD. We will also deal with hip-hop news as well as current events and world events. We wish, we welcome your questions and your comments, but this will be about everything that De Niro Red is doing, the De Niro Red HD radio show. We'll be doing the De Niro Red Internet TV show where you can actually see him and interact with him through chat and see him on the video as well as call in. So for this show, we will do every Friday night and Saturday night. You'll be able to go back and listen to the archive, and you'll be able to call in and talk to him directly. So let me see if he's uh, on the phone. Eric code 404386, are you there? Can you hear me, Eric code 
Here I am Hi, right here. Baby. How you doing? What's, what's going on? What's up, little brother? Hey, yeah, what's up? What's up? What's Pappy? You all right? Hey, yes, sir. What's going on? Man, you know it's Friday. I'm turned up, feeling good. I've been making a lot of accomplishments, <laughs> knocking down my goals, like target practice, you know. How you doing over there? I appreciate you for tuning in. Oh, I'm all right, my brother. I'm all right. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing the same, trying to trying to keep on keep on the same game. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing changed but the weather. You know, we still yeah. keeping it still keeping it going. Then yeah, why you been busting that zero red over there? Oh, of course. Don't play. Don't play now. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, keep, I keep it ghetto red hot where I'm from, brother. They're right. You know, I'm always keep it slow on the street. Well, I mean, you know, I ain't going to sugarcoat shit. I don't give a fuck with nobody. Thing. When I say cause anything I speak, I'm going to keep this shit real and raw. <laughs> I'm cutting personal for your ass. Yeah, you, you, know, you know me and Alexa, we keep this shit popping over here. That's what you're supposed to do, you know what I'm saying? The truth can only the truth can only be hidden for so long before it come out and tell and tell it before it's revealed, you know what I'm talking about. That's right. So So everything's supposed told, to be everything. Uh, I told Ricky to call in because I want him to hang out with us when he got a chance every week and um, talk to us, give his feedback since I told him we're going to be talking about the other songs. Unfortunately, I, I uploaded about four more of your songs. They still not finished, so I guess they'll be finished by the time tomorrow or maybe later on in the show for um, us to continue to play your music so Atlanta and the world can get familiar with the Nero Red HD. Now, Ricky has been a friend of mine for the past couple of years now, so he's known um, the situation with, with me and the Nero Red, and people have been asking that question and I have not addressed that question. We addressed it on the live show last night, but I could not pull that show up today. So I said, well, let me get on the radio so we can have a radio, a regular radio call-in show so people can talk to you, they can hear you, um, they can hear you live instead of seeing your picture and seeing you on video, and they can engage you. Um, De Niro Red is my child. Um, not just a child I adopted, he's my birth child that I actually carried in my own body. So <laughs> a lot of people kept asking me, and I want to tell you, because you ain't need to fucking know my business. I want to tell you my motherfucking business. So De Niro uh, Red is my son, and we were talking about last night the experiences he's gone through uh, over the past few years, and, and he was away for the people to know a little bit about him and where he's come from. He didn't just pop up and start being a successful rapper out of the blue. Um, he's gone through a lot of things. He's had a lot of trials and tribulations and a lot of lessons to become who he is, what he is, and transition into De Niro Red HD and bring us the powerful music and the style and the um swag and the don't give a fuck attitude and, and the, the lyrical stylist and genius that, that he's exhibiting and showing to us. You want to tell the people a little bit about who you are, the neural red, how you got to this point, where you came from, what you, what you went through the past few years? Well, you know, before uh, 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 artists, and a musician and a writer, I want everybody to look at me as me, the Nero Red, as a person and 
as an individual. I'm not going to feed the public no bullshit. I feed you my life. I'm going to feed you the street shit. I'm going to feed you whatever mood I'm in, you know what I'm saying? But it's all going to be 1,000. Everything going to be real, you feel me? But, you know, I grew up with just my mother, Alexis, no father. And my mother told me right from wrong, but, you know, as me being from the street, from the city of Atlanta, you know, it's a lot of shit going on. I got out there and dibbled and dabbled in them streets, and I had to learn a lot of shit the hard way. But music was one of my first loves, so I always resorted my anger and my feelings to music. And, you know, I realized that I had that gift and that talent, so, you know, I'm just using that shit to the fullest. But I want to set precedence in the industry and not only be an artist, but eventually be a model and have my own production company and have my own artist up under me. You know what I'm saying? Me and Alexis together. You know, I'm going to collab. Me and uh, Alexis, we're going to take off and go to the top and we're going to collab on whatever we can collab on and just feed the streets. Do you want to help? You want to help the young people with uh, what you've learned, the things that you've gone through that may not have a father like you didn't have one there, and um, I raised you by myself the best that I could. But like you said last night, when we were doing that interview. I couldn't teach you how to be a man. I couldn't teach you those things. You were craving that male attention, craving that father figure that wasn't there. So you looked for it in older men in the street, older boys you looked up to, and older men that you felt would fit that father figure. Answer those questions, maybe that you were needing a man to answer. So you, you're now going to share your experiences with the young men that you see kind of going astray and get them involved, teach them about music, teach them about life, teach them about the things you went through. Is that what you want to do now? Uh, of course, of course, because I don't want any person to go through any white, black, any race. I don't want any young person to go through what I went through and if I can help you avoid the problems that I went through and not learn the hard way like I did and a lot of shit, then I will help you. Because I know my persona, of course, I can't be a preacher. I get I got too many tattoos and I look too much like a thug. So I can still get away with being a motivational speaker. And I would love, not like I would love to speak to people my age and younger and motivate them not to go through the shit I went through because it's ugly. I tell you, every the, the, the streets in the world ain't getting no better. Every day you turn on worldwide news and local news, it's just a lot of it, it. It gets worse every day. So if I could help somebody avoid that shit, then I would and I will. No, be whatever you want to be. I mean, uh, Magic Don Juan was one of the biggest pimps, and now he's pimping in the pulpit. So your tattoos, nobody can stop you from being what you want to be. If you want to be in the pulpit, you want to be a preacher, you want to be a motivational speaker, you want to be a rapper, you want to be a producer, you want to be a writer, it's up to you. Nobody can put no rules or limits on you because you have the tattoos. That is up to you and what you feel like your calling is. You go for that. You don't let nobody stop you because they judging. But do you want right. to... Anything about where you've been, the, what was your experience the past few years, how you learned a lot of the things that you know now? Well, the past few years I've been in jail and in prison. I did four years. I'm not trying to say it because if 
you can look me up, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people have looked me up behind my back and seen my chart and like, wow, you was in there for that and you did that and that. And I learned a lot and it matured me as a man because I got locked up a month after I turned 21. And I thought I was a man because I turned 21. But age don't make you a man because there's a lot of people that's 30, 40, 50 plus and they childish in the mind. So I got in there and instead of letting that, that, that prison and that jail shit get to me, I learned how to adapt to my environment and mature myself and work on myself mentally, physically, and spiritually. Because when a lot of people do time, they don't do that. They just get in there and get caught up with the wrong crowd. And I got in there and I worked on myself spiritually, mentally, and physically. I worked out. I meditated. I practiced on my music. I practiced on my vernacular and my speech. And I just motivated myself and had motivation from family and friends not to go back in there and not to take that route again because a lot of people get out and be out for a couple months or a few months, sometimes even a few days, and go back in and get more time. I done seen brothers in there get four or five years and get out for a few weeks or a few months and go back in for an armed robbery or a murder and get 10 or 15 to life. So mm. I worked on myself because I was kind of frightened because I knew I was in them streets real heavy. And it was thoughts that crossed my mind like, damn, I wonder when I get out, will I be able to cope with society? Will I be able to get out there and do the right thing and fly straight? Or will I get out and do the same dumb shit because I can't fly straight and I got to resort back to these streets and now I'm going to be back? Will I go back? You know what I'm saying? But I motivate myself and I don't think negative because when you think negative, negative things will come to you. So I worked on myself to avoid those problems. Not just that. You were in there. You wrote over 200 songs. And when I would come see you, you would rap me the new songs. You would beat your, hit your hand on the desk to create a beat, and you would rap like, Mom, I got a new song. <laughs> you rap I'm like, that's hard. I like that. You wrote Nympho in there. You wrote Arrogant in there. Um, true, true. All right. How and about also you? I wanted to make a point, too. You told me you saw some 40- and 50-year-old-ass men with that same childish-ass man, that same bullshit, and they're begging for a damn honey bun, and then they're, you know, sucking dicks and shit for damn peanut and sandwich. Yeah, I've seen that, and I've seen it. I've seen it. It's sad, really. Sometimes when you first look at it, it might be kind of funny. You'll look at them folks like, nigga, what else? I had an old head come at me sideways, and he had been in there. He like a, a, a prison chain gang vet. So I told him, like, Nick, you can't tell me nothing. You've been in prison 30, 40 years. Man. But I know how wrong for saying that when I think about it because it's really sad because I done seen an older guy in there like he's 40 or 50, and he's like, yeah, I got eight years. I was like, damn, you been in prison before? He was like, yeah, I just did 15. I was like, what? And you back in here again for another bed? A big bed, too. So I see that a lot. I see dudes in wheelchairs and no legs, nothing like, what did he do to go to prison? You feel how was you here? You ain't even got no legs. Why was you doing some check fraudulent shit? But I don't know, you what? know, I don't get in people's business, but I've seen people in there, and I've seen people die in there, too, at an old age, at a young age. Why was the people, the men, did you get to find out the men with no legs? Why were they in there? I, I as you know, you might be going to lunch or, Peter Collin and everybody out there on the walk by themselves 
by themselves. We just walk in the child hall. You know, you got to walk everywhere when you're in state prison. That's why I was in the state prison, not a fed prison. And I just see these guys, like, in a wheelchair, and I'm wondering, you know, you don't go up to nobody and ask nobody in prison. You mind your own business. But I've seen that in the dudes on canes and problems and be like, damn, oh, they let me out. I don't want to die in prison. I got, I'm on one foot in the grave and got one foot on a banana peel. And I'm like, damn, man, that's sad. Dad going to die in prison. And that was one of my wishes. Every day when I prayed to God, I'm like, Please don't let me die in prison. I'd rather die on the street and have a nice funeral for myself by my family than die in prison and be thrown in a pine box somewhere. You feel me? Yeah, and I know I would always text you when you were in there, and I would write it to you because I always would write back and forth. And I would tell you, don't ever be ashamed of being in there. Don't you ever be ashamed of what you experience, and you don't have to hide that. Because, um, like you said, people look up, they'll find it anyway because it's public knowledge. And don't you ever think that I love you less or that I look down on you or, or that I'm disappointed in you. I'm proud of you because of the way you went through it. And, and one time, remember you were saying, well, I don't think I'm going to go. I, I might just leave town. And I said, you're not leaving anywhere. That's You're not my son. That's not what you do. You're a man. And whatever you have to go through, you put your head up, baby, with your and head I, high, and you go through that. And mm-hmm. I ain't going to lie, it was one model I probably never told you, Alexis. It was one saying, one statement that you told me one day, because I ain't going to lie, when I, first, I have never did time before this. I've been locked up before, but I do a few days or a few weeks and bond out, and my family will bond me out. So when I got that time, I was like, oh, it's over with. My wife is over, and... I dropped a few tears, secluded though, and you told me you said you 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 give you giving up too easy. When times get hard, you grind harder. And some days I I would wake up in there and feel like shit. Like I would wake up and like oh, I look at them brick walls and this fucking metal bunk bed, and I'd be like oh, I'm still in. Will this shit ever be over with? And you told me when times get hard, you grind harder, and that thought will always, for some reason, pop in my head. I said, I got to grind harder. I got to stay ten toes. I'm going to come back to my family and to Alexis in one fucking piece, and either it's going to be me or them. I wasn't going to let no need to take me out easily. Now, you was gonna, I was going to go down with a fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are you thinking, of Ricky, about what he's saying? Anything coming to your mind? Well, first of all, just like you, brother, I was a home, I was a fatherless child. Um, I never went to prison, but I was a fatherless child, and I did bang when I was younger. I just, you know, job blessed me not to get caught up with no M's, you know, um, or getting caught up on a drug on a drug charge. I was, That's right. you know, I was just I I wasn't gonna say I was slick. I was lucky. Um. I lost my best friend when uh, I was about 17, Um, and uh, they blew his head off standing next to me. Um, And I understand exactly where you're coming from, you know what I'm saying, because when I came off the streets, even though I wasn't in prison, I was still caught up in that same mind state of banging and being violent and didn't know what I could do other than rock, you know, 
break into cars, steal cars, and, you know, chop cars. And, you know, I was, I mean, I was doing dirty shit. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know, I didn't know anything about being a legitimate man. You know what I'm saying? I had a lot of things, like, just like you said, I had to grow up on my own because I didn't have a father. And, you know, I love my mother, and she's strong, and she's a very intelligent woman, um, very creative, but, you know, you just don't have those father figures in your life to tell you, hey, you know what I'm saying, this is how legitimacy is, this is how, you know, a real man stands up and understands and utilizes principles. I understood what principles were, but I did. Mm-hmm. I was using them for the wrong reasons, and I understand exactly where you go, what you were going through. As a as a young man, because I I dealt with it myself, um, and it's it it is when I see young when I see old old men older than me just getting out of prison. Like I have a cousin who's been who is actually a three time loser, and the only reason why he's not in jail for the rest of his life is because he played twelve with an ex. You know what right. I'm saying? He played, you know, he did 12 straight, so, on his last charge, but he would have been in jail for the rest of his natural life. And, yeah, um, yeah. and I think it is sad because, you know, he has seven grandkids and, yeah. you know, six babies himself. And, you know, he is he never interacted with his children to grow up and see his babies have babies, and, you know, he's never dealt with anything about being a father. He's never dealt with his grandkids, and now that he's mm-hmm. out, all he knows is getting drunk. Um, he's still doing stupid shit. He broke both his ankles um, two weeks ago, breaking into somebody's house, stealing the copper out their house. You know, he doesn't know anything else but being a motherfucking thug. You know, he doesn't know anything else other than, you know, I got to find a way to get over the best way that I can. And even though he is a hellified mechanic and he has a brain, mm-hmm. he'll never get, he's been institutionalized into thinking that he's nothing but a damn penitentiary-prone-ass nigga, and it's sad. It is sad what to see you- men going in and out of prison like that. What you think about that, De Niro? What did you see in there? Because you had told me... The first day I saw you, when when you got out and they brought you to me, um, you was like, when you in there, it it makes you afraid to come out because you're not taught to think and act and do as a man. You told what to do, and like a rat, you in this cage going in the same circle every day. Do you feel like the way they have you inside of there, they teach you? not to be a man and be strong and fish for yourself and feed yourself? Do they kind of create an environment for you to come back in there feeling like you, they teach you not to cope or, or, or not to think for yourself? Yeah, they, they don't teach you shit. And they might give you a, a few classes. You do have a few courses in there. But overall, when you're inside the dorm, they don't really have you doing shit productive. You don't eat healthy and like I said before on yesterday's show, it's just a lot of men in there with a lot of stress and testosterone built up. So it'd be somebody who ain't got nothing, and they might be looking at this person. They got it more. You you know, they say the out of mind is a devil playground. So you just think crazy shit because you already 
on edge, like, okay, I got to survive. You know what I'm saying? That's how I would think because some people be scared. They have anxiety attacks and they can't take it. But when you in that predator mode, I decided I was going to be a predator. I'm not going to let nobody prey on me. So I'm on edge all the time. You know, you always looking out. But there wasn't nothing productive going on, really. You just around a whole bunch of people. They let you go on the yard, but it's stabbings and fights going on on the yard, too. Okay, so you, they and they, they used to have programs. They used to have the internet. They used to have job work job programs. They took all of that out. I think it's to create a very destructive, highly hostile, highly volatile, and highly violent uh, environment and packing black men together. And then, like you said, the whites that were in there, the the Latinos that were in there, they usually were isolated in their own little cliques. Some of them engaged you, but for the most part, a lot of those had racial issues and they had gang agreements where some of them don't deal with uh, black people unless it was certain ones they felt cool to deal with, but overall they did not. So you had all these black men packed like sardines up against each other wanting them to create a hostile environment with each other. So like you said, a lot of them angry, a lot of them got mental problems, emotional problems, a lot of them feel like they don't deserve to be there or they got too much time or the ones that are there that feel like they can't accept the fact that they put themselves there. So they'll take that shit out on somebody else, either fighting them, stabbing them, killing them, spending their time fucking each other, men, so-called straight men, fucking other men, you know, or, or just zoning out, sleeping all the time, or staying high all the time. So basically, you can pick out any Especially subject I brought the up. Drugs. Especially the drugs. I had a, I have a nephew who just went back to federal, who's going to federal prison for selling heroin after he got out for 14 and 4. And he told right, me but, that... But, 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 he tells me mm-hmm. that uh, drugs was a heavy... Heavy commodity in the in the penitentiary. Uh, yeah, that's a true statement. You know, really, I can't. You know, I don't really like to speak on that much stuff, but it's already out there on the news anyway. But I've had, uh, I've gotten a hold of drugs and tobacco and phones. I had a phone down there myself. You know, but it's all because of survival because ain't nobody else gonna look out for you in there, so you gotta. Do your best and hold your own the best way you can. But, yeah, that was heavy in there. You know what I'm saying? People think because some parents or family members or close friends think, oh, yeah, he or she's in prison or jail now. She's safer in there. You know what I'm saying? They don't know. It's been guns found in county jails and prisons. It's definitely drugs and phones. You can look that up on the Internet and see that's found. It's sex going on not only with Men on men, but yeah, if you if you got the right mouthpiece or the right amount of money, you can have sex with a female guard too and get you some pussy in there too. And y'all think I'm lying? Y'all can go and look that up. It's been recent shit going on in the South and in New York with kingpins hey. and all type of shit. St. Louis, well, I'm you know I'm, like I'm you in St. Like, Louis. You know when I but what you you I didn't you didn't like when I would say well. Um, you know, you're safer in there, but, I mean, it seems to me that you were because even though it was very difficult in there, you survived and became stronger and became wiser, and you didn't get played on or preyed on. But what I noticed is when you were there, when you were in there, you looked one way, and while you were in there, 
you started looking another way. It's like your eyes opened. You start realizing, hey, well, I feel like I'm in a fucked up situation, but you know what? I can make the best of this, or I can become worse because I'm in here. You went to school. When you were in there, you got your diploma while you were in there. You started realizing that's when you started telling me that you were more aware of what you had done to yourself, more so than anyone. So I know you, you never liked it when I said that to you. In a lot of ways, that happening to you, really made you sit down and look in the mirror and get real with yourself. Even though you had yeah, access to the same thing. Hmm? That's a true statement you made. Because I did get mad when you tell me that because I was in there and I was angry because I was in there, even though I put myself in there because the crime I committed, I did it. I was found guilty of it. But at the time I was in there, I'm like, what the fuck is if she mean I'm safe in here, this nigga's killing me. He's stabbing each other the fuck up. She talking about I'm safe in here. But, you know, you trapped in, so you got to be almost on point because when you in the free world, you got everything you want at your beck and call. I know I do like like the food, the women, the money, the worldly pleasures, the fashions, and all that, you know, because, you know, I love pussy, so, you know, I'm always on the females, and I love money, so I'm always chasing this money. And when you went there, you you got to seclude yourself, where, you know, so I secluded myself, and I'm watching. I'm like, damn, these niggas killing it. You know, I done did my little dirt, too, and I done did dirt on the street, and I done seen... My my homeboy got shot in the face right in front of my face with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. You remember mm-hmm. I called you that night? And I, had and I, I got crazed, and I still got a buck shot from the shotgun in my back to this day. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a lot of shit going on out here because I was in these streets heavy, but that is a true statement that you made because I did sit down. I said, damn. You know, I gotta sit down. I gotta, I gotta work out because I did. I had a heavy alcohol and drug addiction before I went to prison. I went number like 127 when I went to prison. But when I got out, I was 160. Cause I sat up and I worked out and I meditated and I had to sit down and get to know myself more and really mature into a man because I thought I was a man, but I wasn't until I really sat up. And gave myself a straighten, gave myself a conversation. You feel me? So that's a true statement you made. Yeah, you were mad at me. And you were like, you always say that. And you always say, I need to be here and I'm safer in here. But you don't understand. They're doing everything in here. They're killing in here. They're they sucking dicks and, and eating pussy and selling pussy and asshole in here and doing dope. Whatever I did out there, you tell me I'm safe from. I can get it all in here. I can do it all in here. I was like, yeah, but I noticed that now you have to look at yourself and your ass ain't looking all emaciated like a wore-out-ass greyhound no more. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do me like that. But yeah, 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 that's a very true statement. I know you you, you ain't never told no last say word, but... You know, it, it it's going on. All this shit is going on in there, but it ain't as heavy as the streets. I can say that. Everything going on there, nigga. You can get you some pussy in there. You can get you some dope in there. You can get you a phone in there. You know what I'm saying? If, you, if, you, if that's your preference, you can get you some dick and some asshole in there. You know, and I'm still in the, in the oh, women's no, prison. No. And in the women's prison, 
they can do the same thing, you know what I'm saying? Because it ain't no different really from the women or the men's prison. But you, when you in there, you trapped around because, like, if you beefing with somebody on the street, you can go get your gun, you can run to your people's house, and now you can't run. If you beefing with a nigga inside your dorm, you got to wake up and see him. You got to go to sleep and see him. You got to come out your cell and see him. So either you're going to handle your business or you're going to let this nigga punk you out and you're going to let everybody else punk you out after because they see you a bitch. So when you in there, you really got to sit down and keep yourself solid at all times. That's what I always worked on, keeping myself solid at all times because some niggas are just go out bad and let a nigga stab them up or beat them up or take their food or take their phone or they dope from them. It, yeah, all this shit goes on. Armed robberies. People, I've seen people getting charged with armed robbery inside a county jail and inside a state prison. So everything goes on in there. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I just worked on trying to stay to myself and try to stay out of all that bullshit. And, yeah, I did gang banging there and on the street. You know, for all the people who don't know, blood, sex, money, murder. You know, I fuck with G's. Shout out to all my G's. So, you know, right I was into all that shit, but I secluded myself at the same time and know when to stay out of shit and knew when to get in the shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What you what you think, Ricky? You got any questions for him, for De Niro? Um, when you were in there, man, um, what were you, what what studies spiritually were you following? Because, you know, there's Muslims, there's Israelites. Um, there might be a few Buddhists in there, but I know for a fact they're mostly Christians, Israelites, and probably some Muslims. See, out on down here in Georgia, when you're in the prison system, as far as religion, it's mostly Christians or Muslims. But the Muslims, they are Muslims, and they don't consider themselves a gang, but they are a gang. And... I didn't have a religion when I went in. Okay, I read the Bible before. I know some 23rd Psalms and some most stuff out of the Bible by heart, but I didn't consider myself with a religion, but I did believe in God. So when I went in there, I was a Muslim brother, and he's a close friend of mine too. He was telling me about Islam, and he was telling me about it. I'm like, oh, man, I was loving it, and I was embracing it, you know what I'm saying? I studied it, and I learned how to do my salat prayers, but at the same time, I was a blood. So... They told me that I could not be Muslim and a blood because what if the blood got into it with the Muslims? So I've always been a blood anyway, so, you know, I chose to be blood. Shout out to all my Rolex. But I still studied that, you know. I still studied that, and that Muslim shit, whether they like it or not or say it or not, it is a gang inside of the prison, but... I embrace every religion because I like to learn new stuff every day. So I study a lot of religion. Anything I can learn or eat up, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to learn it. Right on, right on. You see, um, I understand where you're coming from because a lot of people, you ask them what a Muslim is and they'll tell you it's one who submits to the will of God. The word actually means upright. And right. if if you understand what upright means, you know, and you're standing on your square and you're perpendicular to the square, that means you upright, you're an upright man. So it doesn't matter what you believe, it's whether or not you believe. First of all, you have to, in order for you to be saved, you have to want to be saved. Right. Uh, so, you know, I understand exactly where you're coming from, brother, 
You know what I'm saying? As long as you had a personal relationship with your God, it didn't matter who else was in the play or whatever you were studying. It's what God showed. It's what your God wanted you to see. And that's where most brothers who should be awakened should be, and that's where you are as you as you enlighten yourself in, 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 as you get up in age because that's what saves you as being a man as well. You know what I'm saying? Because, first of all, you showing the heart that you have must be enlightened because you're trying to feed your mind and your heart, you know what I'm saying, and your faith in yourself and your God. Um, and your faith as being as a God. You understand what I'm saying? So you understood the guidelines in which it took to be a man. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a blood, crib, folk nation like I am, uh, vice lord, you know what I'm saying? It's not it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. And it's where you're at in your heart and your mind. And that's And that's what a true man is supposed to be about. You know, every man is a... Every man is a Muslim. It just it just depends on where he's at. You know what I'm saying? If you're upright, don't matter whether you're Buddhist or not. You know what I'm saying? It talks about uprightness. Alexis is upright. You know what I'm saying? She's mm-hmm. a woman who stands on her square. So you know, True. same thing. And, and what she believes in, she's faithful to it. And you know, it, it works for her and her ancestors, just like me. It works. What I'm studying, I'm Rastafarian. You know. Blessed, mm-hmm. blessed to the 12 tribes. I am Bobo. I'm a bull of of the 12 tribes from the conquering line of Judah. You know, but... Hold on, hold on. The roster, did it say anything in the book about the gunja? Um, yeah, actually, Genesis one twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it hey, does. You know, I, I, I fuck with the gunja, man. I got to read a verse out there. Do y'all have a special book for Rastafarians? I got to learn about um, that. Actually, yes. You might want to get the books of Roots and Ideology um, okay. of Rastafari. Very good book. Um, also, you might want to check out the Fetha Nagast, um, mm-hmm. Kriba Nagast, which is the story of Solomon and Sheba. Okay. Um, the Fetha Nagast is the Law of Kings. Um, that's a very special book. It says, don't call yourself a Mason because... You you are a mosaic builder, not a mason builder. So do not call yourself a, for a mason because a mason is is not under the sun. You understand what I'm saying? He's not enlightened. Therefore, you have to understand what a mosaic builder is and the principles and laws of being a roster. There are two books that we study very 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 frequently, and that's the Law of Kings, which is the Fetha Nagas, and the Kriba Nagas, which we hold dear as a creed. Um, those are the two blessed books that we study, as along with the Bible. Um, some some Rastas they also study the Quran. Um, it's and you know like in Proverbs, it's not what's on your head; it's what's in your dread. You know, the Lord saith, "Let not let not let not them let them, let me be your dread." Let me be the reason mm-hmm. why they dread you, for you know you mm-hmm. are amongst the righteous. So yeah. when you understand what a Rasta is, Rasta, when you break down the word, Rasta means king or head or Godhead. You know, Farai means creator. So when you put it together, it's Godhead creator or, or king creator. That's what Rastafarian means. 
You know what I'm saying? So most cats don't understand unless you understand the, the Amharic dialect um, or, the, or, the, or the ways of Patois. Um, but other than that, you know what I'm saying, you know, every man has the potential to be a, to be a godhead. It's just whether or not you understand what it is. The five percenters call themselves God bodies. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, same same principle, but you know it's under a law: arm, leg, leg, arm, and head. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, that's the five point star of man. You know, but mm-hmm. our sequence is under the six point star. You know what I'm saying? It's leg, leg, arm, head, and un, and un, undefinable. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That top peak of that of that enlightenment, which is the creator. You know, you standing in the center of that matrix and understanding who you are as a man, mm-hmm. as a man and a human being. So, others, other, I mean, all religions lead to one one way, and it ain't towards Rome. You know what I'm saying? They say all roads lead to Rome. Well, uh-huh. we don't believe in that. <laughs> and, we we just say no to Babylon, Rome. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, Say like one more thing because my battery's going dead right now, and I'm gonna say one more thing because people don't realize people always say Christianity is better than Islam or Christianity Islam is better than this religion. My religion is better than your religion. They don't realize because I've realized something. I studied Islam because I grew up. My great grandmother went to church before I was born. Since my mother's mother was kids, and every Sunday and Wednesday. Alexis is an ordained minister, and my grandmother is an ordained minister, so I know a lot about Christianity, too. And what I realized that Islam and Christianity, a lot of other religions go hand in hand. It's just a few differences. You feel me? So people shouldn't feel like that, that this religion is better than this religion because it goes hand in hand. So you should embrace every religion with the Islam thing. People think, oh, you Muslim, you're going to blow up some shit. No. It's the difference between Americanized Muslims and you got the extremists. Those are the people that blow up stuff. Those are the right. extremists. Know what I'm right. saying? But I just want to follow. And they're still out. following the law of man and not the law of God. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. His time is running out. His battery's going out. What you want to say, De Niro? No, I just want to say I thank I thank God for it. no words can explain how I feel about doing this show right now. I want to thank Alexis. Like, no words out of the dictionary, the authorities, or the encyclopedia can explain how excited I am right now. So I guess I was excited. I want to shout out to DJ Shaheem and Rapture Beats. I could have did it without you. Those beats motivated me. I want to thank Alexis, Big Bruff, Ricky for tuning in. And right I got another up-and-coming producer, GMF, G-O, y'all are here a little from him a little later on. But thank everybody and all my fans for tuning in. I love y'all. I love y'all. I'm going to keep feeding y'all this music, this product, this not only music, but knowledge in any way I can mm-hmm. help y'all. Mm-hmm. And, you so know, you got, from... You got to go and, you, go. you know, I'm going to let Alexis do her thing. Yeah, I got because my battery run a little, unfortunately. But I'm glad that I had the time I did have. So I'm going to let Alexis do her thing. You know, she always going to do her thing. Okay, babe. Love you. I love y'all. Wait, man, yes, ma'am. I'm right here. Hold on. They going to hate this one? Nah, nigga. Ain't nah, nigga. Nah. <laughs> 
in prison because you, I don't know if you remember, but some nights I would talk to you and I'm like, I just wrote my son, you know, and I and these are things I said to him and these are the words I told him or I just went to see him and you'd be like, well, how how was it? How's he holding up? How he doing? You remember those times I would tell you that I had just written him and stuff I said? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, I do. And, you know, you were very concerned about him, you know, and, you know, you we were channeling and, you know, I was making sure that I was channeling towards him to send him good vibes as well. You know, I was praying for him, you know, as well because, you know, that was a very hard time for you and what you went through having to deal with that. You know, I look, I, I'm, I'm inspired by you because your strength was, you know, had to be endured because, you know, that was your child, you know what I'm saying? You gave birth to this person, you know what I'm saying? And he was and and he's obviously a wonderful person. You know, he's a very intelligent man and he's very you know, very gifted in his in his craft. So, you know, of course he you know, every mother who has a who's first born has a son. My mother used to my mother had this poem that she used to read, like Mother Like Son. She used to read that poem to me. And it was saying that everything your son is is who you are, in essence. Really? So, you know, it's called, like, Mother Like Son. It's a poem. I don't know who wrote the poem, uh, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a poem that my mother had in a, in a very old book. Um, it was about a book that was about 1843. You know, we lost a lot of stuff when the, when the flood came, so we lost a lot of books and things. So, and it was a very deep, very deep poem. Um, I'm going to probably try and find it if I can, the Internet or something. If anyone out there who's listening, if you've ever heard heard that poem or ever read that poem, like Mother Like Son, um, and I would, I would suggest that all the goddesses read it, and it will give you an insight to who your son is as a human being because my mother wanted me to know that. And, you know, um, because it's not necessarily with me being a fatherless child, you know, um, my mother had, my mother would say she had to grip, zip up her gorilla suit and look down in her drawers to see if she had balls because, you know, she had to raise me to be a man, you know what I'm saying? She didn't want me to be effeminate. She didn't want me to be no fag or nothing, you know, no no, no offense to the homosexual men, you know, but my mother wasn't about to have that. You know, my father was doing whatever he did out here on these streets, you know, and he was, he was a jazz musician. So, you know, he was a rolling stone, you know. Um, of course, I love my brothers, Eric and Brian. Shout out to them. Um, but yeah, that's a very deep thing, the very deep bond between mother and son, especially the firstborn child, if he's a son, you know, that's mama's boy, you know, even though he might catch up, he catches a world of hell, you know, something happened to him, something happened to your firstborn son, you falling out. (laughs) See yes, one of my ma'am. other um, goddesses is on the line. Two seven zero, you there? Two seven zero. It is I, Cassa. How are we? Hey, girl. How are you doing, Cassa? I am doing well. 
doing well. And uh, I know you I'm too, so glad to be a part of something tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, you know, uh, we're supporting my son, De Niro Red. This is the show that now, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. Alexis, did you say this is your son? Yeah, De Niro Red is my son. Your biological son? I had him out of my body. Yeah, I was pregnant with him. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I made the oiled down body reference earlier when I saw this picture. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, not a stepson, not a godson. I carried this man. Yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> I t- I'll, I will say he's eye candy to sell them records, I promise you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I said, I'll tell you what, he's eye candy to sell them records. I listened to it just looking at the pictures. I was like, ooh, quick. <laughs> you found it fuzzy. What you say? You looked at some pictures? Uh, when you sent the links over that we were sharing of the, you know, the um, promotions you were doing. He yeah, just picture of his... yeah, oh, you yeah like sure. them. See, it wasn't my, it wasn't my fault. He had his shirt off. See, you can't just do that. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, was like, like, oh, look at him! <laughs> I had no idea I was talking about your baby. Lord, you probably would take me to the back alley someplace. <laughs> no, I I took the pictures. I wanted. That response. I, I wanted people to find him beautiful, and as well as his work and his lyrics and his songs and his style. No, I I liked when people responded, when men and women, child, gay and straight, started calling me and emailing me and letting me know that they found him beautiful. No, that meant that I had done my job because <laughs> I was controlling his photo shoot. Oh, well, I'm just watching tongue is all I'm saying. My bad. No, child, I'm not upset because you say that you think he's attractive. That's a good thing. Why do I get upset about that, child? That's a grown man, honey. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just odd talking to the mama about it. I mean, goodness. Why? I don't think his mother, that. No, because his, because his mother's gorgeous. Well, of course she is. Thank you. She, I, I may, uh, I tell you what. I put on my, you know, because I, I refer to the ones I care and love, I, I call them sister. Yeah. So I refer to my sis, which is your mother, on my site. And some of my my brother homies came on the site like, oh, she your sister? Oh, uh, you know, oh, she, she gorgeous. Okay, look, she ain't my real sister because I already knew what was coming next. I was going to have them inbox, you know. Can, that's your sister. <laughs> What happens when we're like skin, honey? We all look the same. <laughs> do you have any bones? Do you, but, do you um, have I, any bones? I do have a son. Yes, uh, he's 16. How, how old is he grown? Hmm? Is he grown? Well, he's 16. Um, he 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 don't got the muscles like your boy do because he'd be in there playing three and not experiencing life, you know. If I can get him out the room. Yeah. 
It's good, though. It's good for their mind to let them be creative. We were just sharing his experiences and the things that he's gone through. And I, I know you said you were a mom, so I didn't know if you, but then your baby's still young, really young, 16. I didn't know if you knew or wanted to give your input into what it was like having the young boys or maybe having some of their experiences and how did, did you, have you, do you regularly let him know how much you love him and, and how much you support him and that you're always there for him? Does he understand? Because, you know, a lot of times they don't understand us or think, oh, mama, you're just being overbearing or something. Does he know? Do you always tell him how much you love him and how much you're there for him and warn him about what's going on in them streets? Um, I warn him about stuff all the time, but I'm going to be 100 with you when I say that uh, no. I do not. I may be in the same house with my children because, like, you know, I don't have no life. I, I, I go to work. I come home. I, I don't run those streets. But um, <clears throat> to be 100, I was not the best parent example. Um, and I'm not going to blame anybody but myself. So I, 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 on a usual basis, on a day-to-day basis, I have not told my children that I love them. They know it, but I'm assuming they know it. But to say that I sit around all day and say, I love you, da 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 no, I haven't. And that's just being 100. Um, my son, I, the, the men in my life, the ones I chose, um, they were, there were no men in, in my life. So for me, it was kind of hard with my son because I had to pull two two roles to try to play, and, and I can never really be a man. So <clears throat> how I had to do that was I had one set of lectures for my girls, and then I had another set of lectures for my son because I had to teach him from the shysty side of the women, just from what I've seen growing up. You, you had heard us talking when I think this six seven eight Is this y'all, 6, 7, Yes, greetings, y'all. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to Sisters here, because me and my one my my best friend, my best male friend Ricky, uh, is has been here with me, and this is my son's show, Nero Red HD. This is his first show on on the block on the internet. So he'll have the show here, and then he's got the internet TV show we do last night, and we were talking, having a deep conversation. I don't know if you want to give your input. You don't have to if you don't want to, but. Um, I'm a single parent, and I had to raise my son by myself, and Ricky knew that experience because his mom raised him by himself, and she's very, very strong, and I had to be very strong. And we were talking about what made De Niro had to leave. So he was talking about what made him who he is, and he was saying, you know, he didn't listen to me. And since there was no man in the home, he started going out in the street and got caught up with the gangs and the drugs and ended up going to jail and spent a lot of time in jail and being in prison and had to really think about his life and look at all the mistakes he made and learn from them. He then decided to, instead of letting the time do him, he decided to do that time Mm -hmm. and become a stronger man, a better man, and a wiser man. And I wanted to see if you wanted to share any of your, wherever you want to go, or if you don't want to share nothing, that's fine, I understand, because I just asked you to come about as a single mom since I'm Surely, yes. Is your your son there, De Niro Red? He had his phone with him. He wasn't with me. He was with his friends, but I asked him because I try to keep him busy working all the time. And there's one thing that one of my friends had told me. He was like, 
when that's one thing you need to do when someone's been in prison when they get out you need to keep them busy you need to keep them doing something constructive so I went oh, yes. once he told me he had written over 200 songs um mm-hmm. since he's been in there I got him I'm like uh-uh we're going to the studio we're going to find a studio we're going to get you in there I'm going to be there with you we're going to work he's like mama will you do this song with me arrogant I'm like hell yeah I'll do the song he's like would you do this song amen nigga I'm like yes I'll do the song with you whatever you want me to do to keep me yeah, out of trouble yeah okay so tonight yeah, well, I can so I was just gonna say tonight he's think. not here because he's got a little break with from his friends because I keep trying to keep him busy. <laughs> okay, yes, that's totally um, understood, sis. Um, wow. Uh, woo. <laughs> that um the um the whole topic, you know, is, is well. First of all, you, um, blessings, you know, to your son, you know, and to you, you know, and I'm glad that. He's out of there, you know, and he has you, you know, and um, y'all are working, you know. Um, it's actually what you're asking me is um, a really like, a mom, it's, it's, like if you it's, it's a bit it's 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 a it's a it's it's an issue that actually weighs very you know, deeply and heavy, you know, in my heart, you know, because I have a son, you know, probably around your son's age, you know, and Mm -hmm. I care for him and I, my son, can you hear me? Yeah. No, I said, yeah, we do, around the same age, we do, our son's around the same age. Yes, yes, and I, I I know, you know, the, well, the feelings and the thoughts and the emotions, energy, all of that. You know, we love our children. I know I love my son, and I know you love your son. We love our children, period. And we care for them and want the best for them, you know. And um, as far as, the, you know, they're young men developing, you know, and um, we we as mothers, you know, can't live their experiences for them. You know, uh-huh. all we can do is... All we could do is 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 share, you know, um, give them information and talk with them and be there, you know, and um, it's hard. It's really it's a it's a hard thing, you know. You you you're we're both in the same in the same place, you know. Our sons are here and our sons are home, you know, and my son. I'm proud of my son, you know, because he, he, mm-hmm. he's made it, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, out of there, you know, and mm-hmm. he, he birthed a, a beautiful grandson, you know, my second <gasps> little grandson, two-year-old grandson, yeah, and he's so beautiful. And my son works Aww. hard. He's, he, you know, trying to keep himself straight. He loves music. He's actually been um, an entertainer also, you know, rapping Actually, probably for about, I know it's probably been seven years or so, you know, seven or eight years. Yeah, he's good, you know, but as far as there's there's actually pain, you know, and issues with me because I want to communicate with my son, you know, and he's, he's with his father's at his father's home and he's working hard. He did um, get a position, you know, to make some money, and that's what he's been doing. When 
Yeah. I just want to be so connected with him. You know, I want to, what you're doing, you know, I want to talk with him and have, you know, get him involved, you know, and make sure he's around the people that he needs to be around, you know. And, and mm-hmm. actually, my as a mother, you know, I, I worry for all my children. I have four children, you know, and they're wow. doing their own. Yes, they're all on their own, you know, and we're separated, you know. I'm in the city with two of my children, and a year ago I was with uh, two other children, at least one other and a grandchild, you know. And, I mean, I'm just working hard to be here and do, and I reach out the best I can, the best I know how, the best that mm-hmm. I can, you know, learn how, you know, because, look, like I think I came on the end of what uh, Costa was saying, you know, about her not communicating or something like that, you know, and, and mm-hmm. when you don't, I want to be so much, much, so much more connected with my children. We are connected in, um, you know, in spirit and we talk, you know, but not, you know, I, it's every, <laughs> y'all understand. I don't even have to say the words. <laughs> I do. Um, with me, they don't really talk. I mean, if it's something big, they come and talk to me, but as far as talking on, like, best friend levels all the time, unfortunately, unfortunately I have not done my due diligence there or would not have supportive being wrapped up in all my other <laughs> that I didn't notice I was doing until, lo and behold, they're just their adults now, and now I'm like, oh, wow, all the things I could have, should have done better. Oh. Yeah, you know. I'm here. They know I'm here. I know they're watching me, you know, my children. It depends on the person, and I think that as long as, to me, what touched me so deep when I was watching American Horror Story, and I think it was about a week or, week or so ago, when Jessica Lange's character, the, um, the the white witch that is over mm-hmm. the coven of witches, and mm-hmm. her and Le- Marie Laveau, which is Angela Bass's character, fight, but um, she went into the hospital when somebody threw acid in her daughter's face, Jessica Lange's character. And she got high. She went in one of the uh, hospital rooms. She broke in the drug room, took some some pills, and then started walking down the hall and hallucinating. And she wandered into this lady's room who had a baby, and the baby, she was in the bed kind of crying, and the baby was sitting on the, um, the, the side, on the desk by itself. So she picked the baby up and put her in the lady's lap, and she was like, well, why don't you want to hold her? And she mm-hmm. said, well, because she's not breathing, she's dead. And then Jessica Lange's character started to do a spell um, on the baby, and she said she told her to repeat what she was saying. And one thing I, I will never forget was she said, um, "You tell her that as long as she she said you tell her I will be your mother until the day you die." And then the lady said that to the dead baby, and she said, I will be your mother until the day you die. She said it again, I will be your mother until the day you die. And after the lady said it again, I will be your mother until the day you die, the baby took a breath. 
And mm. the baby started breathing, and the mother started crying and just started holding the baby because now the baby wasn't dead anymore. And then Jessica Lane's character walked out and down the hall. I was like, I love Jessica Lane, honey. She is that bitch. <laughs> and it you made know, me... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go that, ahead. That, I, I don't mean to cut off, but that story resembles a real-life story that was been floating through Yas' page and Jackson's page and, and on the Internet that I found of a woman yeah, I saw it. Who's, mm-hmm. yeah, I saw it. whose baby was born still birth and the cuddling with the baby. Yeah, for, she, cuddled, she cuddled her baby for, what, for the 20, like, 20 hours or something? She cuddled oh that God. baby, and that baby came back to life. Now, no lie, they had a story on that, and it was, it was on the news about it, and we, we read about it and shared about it because it was one of those things that goes to show if your love is great enough. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and how was, right. I was saying that today, it's like everybody's relationship, every woman's different, and every relationship with her child is different. And I noticed that my grandmother loved me a lot when I was a little girl. She gave me love all the time, and my mother did not. My mother's never been loving towards me, and I didn't know my father. My father died. My mother divorced died. So I never had that mother there but my grandmother. And then she was with me when I had my son. I lived with her. So Mm -hmm. I feel that my son is my son. So since I had him, I'm elder, and it might be things he doesn't know how to say or he doesn't know how to express or I might not know how to express, but it's my job to know. But it's my job to know. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Because Mm -hmm. I'm elder and I'm his mother, and I always be his mother. Yes, I feel the same way. (laughs) It doesn't matter what I don't know how to express. It doesn't matter what I don't know how to do. I better fucking figure it out. While he's breathing, because right. I got <laughs> him, so I'm responsible for him. So when he was in jail, I never wanted him to feel alone. I don't care what I was going right. through. If I was sick, or he was like, if I didn't have no money and my son didn't have no money, I know I better got them get him some money. Cause that mm-hmm. was my child. I heard other mothers say, That's "Well, right. yeah, himself there, so let him figure out what he gonna do or he no, because I felt like it's no, something I don't I don't, I don't, no, I don't live my life like that. Any all any all of that, you know, my my children know that, you know, I'm there for them and, you know, food, clothes and shelter, you know, and all all of that. Uh I'm if I'm look out for myself, I'm look out for my children. <laughs> You know, yeah, I don't, I don't, even I don't reject my children at all, but, but not like that, no. That's definitely the wrong way to do it. But I can't talk about another woman, but I feel that, like, when he was saying, sometimes he would say, you know, he felt like I didn't know him and I didn't understand. So I felt that it was my job to know. So even if I feel like he's yeah. not talking to me or he's dealing with his friends, I will go to him like, what are you doing? Uh who are you talking to? Well, I want to talk to you. Well, I want to spend time with you. Well, do you. Can you go have lunch with me? Well, I just want to tell you that I love you. Or I, I just want mm-hmm. to hug you. Mm-hmm. I just want to hug you. I just want to let you know that I'm here. I don't care if you talk to me or tell me or not. It's my job to tell you because I brought you here. I'm the reason why you're here. I'm responsible for you yeah. for bringing you here. To me, if it's something wrong with them, it's something wrong with us. So we can't put our children down 
without putting huh? ourselves down. Without looking at ourselves, no, if we're not responsible right. for that. I agree with if they that. do something wrong, we're not. Another, but to turn your back, I feel like it's wrong because we brought them here. So we have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, I, you know, we can't just leave them out here with all this uh, shit that's going on. You know, we just can't do that. You know, we can't mm-hmm. do that. No. You know, one thing I've noticed, too, and I'm just going to, this is, We've talked about this a lot on the children's show that, are, that we talk about, but what I'm talking about is the destruction of family. And when it comes to my son, like I said, a lot of stuff, when, he'll come and tell me big shit. But, and, and, but I can tell in my son there's some embarrassment when it comes to certain things he wants to talk about because mm-hmm. no, no matter how much love he feels from me, no matter how deep we are on it, he ain't going to want to talk about a wet dream to his mama. He ain't gonna want to talk That's about how my 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 son acts. He 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 acts like that too. I try to talk to him. He tries to talk with me, like maybe once, once or twice before on a serious tip, you know. But I, they, that's how he does me, you know. Um, it don't matter. So. I feel like this. It don't matter. Because when my son was like that, but I he loves to me. Talk he calls me anyway. and texts me. You know, he contacts me and calls me, and you know, I just. I just want him to know, and I guess I'm sure he does know that I'm here. You know, I want to, we have to talk to them and promote them and shake mm-hmm. off that whole mentality, that whole mental state that they were in from being in those prisons. For real. Yeah, I you know, like we have it. to and do that. Hmm. But that's it's not, not what I'm y'all. But since me and y'all know what they feel like, I'm telling you, I, I took an aggressive stance to the shit. And I feel like mm-hmm. even, if he even if he doesn't say nothing to you, y'all, it's okay. If he don't want to talk about it, you talk to him anyway. You be in his face anyway. I don't care if it's with a text saying, yeah. I love you. <laughs> I'm here. Just it, that, that could be all you say. I love you, and I'm proud yeah. of you. I don't care what and you I do. With. I, I do know, that. I'm here. Yeah, I do. I tell all my children that, you know, and they know, and, you know, we're all in mode. We're all mm-hmm. in mode because they, you know, they, they visit my page. They see what's on there. They know what I'm saying. They know how I'm, how I'm living, you know, so, um, when and we're preparing, you know, so um, I love my children and they know that, you know, and they love me, you know, so, um, yeah, we have, I, we have. And, and, yeah, and I understand what Cass is saying, too. That's how, I, you know, we I, we all, some of us have those communication, um, you know, well, gaps or whatever they are, you know. I just want to hold my children lo- and, and, you know, it's just, we just need some money. Not- that's all. We get some money. <laughs> then... <laughs> Well, I was going with that, that you know, we need some money because we need, you know, some property. We need to be safe. That's what I'm talking about, you know. So that what all, I was getting <laughs> that at was all of that. Well, some of That's, it it won't solve because at some point no. they're going to need me. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is going with that discussion when I was going there was the point that in some cases when I noticed those things, I put my pride to the side, and then you start talking mm-hmm. to the male 
that may not be your man, but may be your uncle or your your uh, uh, cousins or or somebody who can come and and kind of mentor your son on the aspects he don't. Yeah, want. you know they need that. They that they oh, really do. I realize they that need that. He was and that's why I'm trying to get my son important. involved in our circle. You know, and my children mm-hmm. in our circle because. It's some it's some absolutely powerful and beautiful and and um um examples, you know, that we're in contact with. You know. Right. So I feel that that's healthy and a good thing, you know. Um and that's what that's what I would want, you know, for my son, just to be in contact with the people that we know. You know, the and the people that we've you know, the connectedness that we have. That's what I want for my children. And we should all want it because we spend more time, and now I'm going to be kind of an ass. I see people all day spend more time picking out a pair of shoes than who they (laughs) expose their kids to. That's some bullshit. Hey, hey, I have seen people with my own eyes. I'm waking up now. I was asleep when I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead, honey, (laughs) because I'm laughing about it because it's real. These women will be out. Searching out shorts or whatever for for three days, and you know, don't even and, and meet somebody at the club tonight and leave your kids with them tomorrow. Uh-uh. You know, uh, or pro- let's this, not talk about. It's not proper, and that's that's the thing. If we look outside, cool. our people are not proper. I mean, you know, it's mad madness. Every woman, you know, is not feeling like we're doing and, and talking like we're talking, and, and so a lot of them are not going to listen. But for the ones that that do and that feel this way, um, it's just I feel like when we have that karma, we have agreements mm-hmm. when we bring children in, even if a child we think is a bad child and we have a problem with it. To me, it still right. makes me look at myself and say, there's a lesson to learn in this experience with this child or this is a test. or I really had to do a lot of soul searching and see what did it mean to have that experience with that uh-huh. child that, that I picked, that picked me. And when I looked at that and how I went through that, and it's like I'm not letting this child go. I'm not going to turn my back uh-huh. on this child because this is a piece of me walking around out here. This is my life mm-hmm. walking around out here, like what this means. To me, when you yeah, are a woman and you carry a child, it's just that deep. It's a cosmic bond and a cosmic tie and a spiritual connection that you have mm-hmm. with child. A lot of women, like you said, will have a deeper connection with a man and finding shoes and some, put some pants and drawers up their ass yeah. to go out to the club. That's something that will change. But it's something about the bond you have with that child inside of you that you agree to, we agree to, that has a deeper mm-hmm. significance and, and revelation about who we are as a goddess. You know, I find that my kids are direct clones of me. When I mm-hmm. when I look at my children, yeah. when I look at their flaws, what I see is me. Mm. Laziness, mm-hmm. that's me. Uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe temperamental. It's me. They're a direct reflection of me. So after a while, now given, like I said, I was not the perfect parent, but I was blessed enough to be given awareness 
and enlightenment to see mm-hmm. the errors of my ways so I could edit and change what I have been doing to build yes. better for them now. Right. Yes. They so shook up my ass, lessons. I got to find a place to hide. <laughs> lessons indeed. I don't mind get- because at least I know now. I mean, at least I know what their favorite colors are, the music they they like. Uh, I'm learning from them. Right. Just like they're yes. from me. Yeah. They're showing yes. me things. I yes, show indeed. Me. I know. And um and and it's been a very it's a it's a blissful and and blissful thing for me because I I came from it's just like anything else with growth. You started off this way with no instructions on how to be a parent, and you're just going to try to wing it in a society uh-huh. that teaches you to be selfish and to be more worried about yourself than kids. It took me a minute to see the errors of my ways. But I did, and I'm but glad. He, and I did that through people like you all because I, got a, I had to change my circles to start seeing things different. Uh-huh. You, can't, you can't think different uh-huh. when you surround with people who think uh-huh. a certain way, continue to think the same way. And I, I found people that I wanted, because I wanted to be a good mom. I wanted to be the mother that everybody wants, you know. I, I wanted to be. But I was a victim yeah. just like everybody else, and that's going to be the excuse right. that we allow to use because there is no excuse for it. But we will find excuses all day. Oh, Facebook had me. I oh, mean, that's a reality. You know, oh, that's reality. Right. And, and so, you know, I had to look. and especially when children have children. You know, so um, just listen. I mean, it's, it's my kids. Yeah, levels of maturity, you know, and lessons, and I mean, they have to have the 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 mental state to even endure. You know, young mothers. You know, they have to have that. Um, um, it's it's just a it's a total. Y'all know, it's a parenthood is a total. Um, Process is that total. It's it's a change. It's a new life. Parenting, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. from being alone and 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 then all of a sudden you have, you know, a family. So yeah, that's a reality. I will you know say, what I'm you know what I'm finding out. You know how you see yourself and your children. Hello? Go ahead, y'all. Yeah. You know how you see it that um, you saw yourself and your children? And so yes. did I, too. And and now I find out that because um, I have grandchildren now, I have four grandchildren, and I'm seeing two of them. Well, I see, I see my children in them, but one of them is like, I'm watching. She she looks like my mother. She doesn't even look wow. like her mother. <laughs> and it's like beautiful. she looks exactly. She looks exactly like my mom. And it's like I'm watching my mother's childhood when she's around me. Yeah. Oh, and that's then, so deep. Yeah, for real. It's um, it's real too. And yeah, Some so that's the best incarnation in the same family. Huh. I said some people believe in reincarnation in the same family. Right. Um, I do. Where, of course. Where, where a family member, great-great-great-grammy might be, you know, mm-hmm. somebody I believe it. It happens. I think it right. happens. 
And what I found in those cases is, and, and, and what I found in those cases is that I've heard other people telling me these things, those children always look like the original, and they always tend to take on the personality yeah. type of the original. And so for me, seeing those pictures and seeing this kid and hearing the families talk about demeanor, I tend mm-hmm. to, hey, if anybody's going to know it better than them, it, they're going to know it. And so I agree with it. Um, I got one, you know, in the family that they think is a re- reincarnated uh, mother now, and she is, yeah. I'll say this, she's a wise soul. This little girl is, uh-huh. is very, she, she's got elder eyes, I'm sorry, it's true. Oh, yeah. She has, oh, she has no fear, no fear whatsoever. I love this little girl. Yes, that's how they are, some of these children now, you know? Mhm. Mhm. And and, my, um, um, and that's Nana, the one that was on the show, Anaya, my grandbaby. Mm-hmm. And she actually had a picture. This happened also. Um, the sister took a picture. A dear friend of mine took a picture of her when she was like four years old, and you know it was a halo around her whole body. Mm-hmm. And how about? How about the moment I was about to get the picture, uh, how do I say this, through a person, it must have, it must was a, a, a demon or something. The person tore the picture up hmm. in my face. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Yes. What? True story. True story. You know, um, some, it's funny you say that because I'm all into the supernatural and stuff anyway, but there, there, there's some souls that I have heard and read about who may have harmed somebody in one life. They come back in a reincarnated state, and they continue to try to torment and chase this one and repeat the same cycles on the same soul over and over and over hmm. again. <clears throat> so you could very well be talking truth on that. I mean, it's a possibility. It definitely is. This happens. Yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. And to this and day, I don't understand how. <laughs> well, yeah. To this day, well, but I love her. You know, she is so smart. So smart. Do you, you want to shout out your... You called Shahida. Yeah, my daughter that you called, Casa. Oh, yeah, she's a beautiful lady. Her daughter your daughter's wonderful. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you want to shout out your show, y'all? Because we're getting ready to wrap it, wrap up. Okay. Um, sure. Um, uh, hey, I'm on. I'm on Monday nights at ten o'clock. Uh, to Nubia Station, news views and alerts with Yakinja Spirit, and all are welcome to call in and listen in. Um. On a Monday night at ten. <laughs> and you want to? You got a show, Casa? Uh, yes, we have uh, our children with Casa Petty, but that's going to change because I'm going to go ahead and announce we have a co-host, which is Hat. Hot damn, Hat! <laughs> okay. We'll be Saturdays at nine Eastern. Um, not this Saturday. We're going to start the show the next Saturday um, because we have. My daughter coming on, so I hope you girls can come on too. Uh, my daughter's going to come on and talk about teen bullying because she just had a suicide oh. at her school behind it. Oh, and no. I want to 
She's starting a campaign against bullying, and the school would like her to take it with the school. So the school's going to back her. And so we're going to have her on the show to talk about that. So I would love to have you ladies on if you would like to do that. And I want to go back and say um, De Niro Red is doing good things. I I, I like the music he did here. Um, I'm sorry because he was in mid-sentence when I came in, and I think I stopped what he was saying because he was talking about his experiences with his own child, and I didn't get to hear exactly what he said by the time I had called in, so I'll have to listen back on that, but I'm sure he had some good points, and I like to hear from the men on their Mm -hmm. parenting because, unfortunately, I was one who chose those that did not give a damn about their kids to want to be involved with them or raise them, so I always have much respect and love for those who love their offspring, and I listen to their stories. To me, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I've never seen it. For me, in my experience, I've never seen it. My son's father wasn't there, and I had my friend Ricky on the phone, too, who was talking about his father wasn't there, and his mother raised him alone. So, yeah, I know y'all didn't hear the first part, because I had asked you all to come join Mm -hmm. me, and I let him talk about how he felt um, being raised just by me, and I knew I was going to have to raise him you know, by myself, and he let Mm -hmm. me know that was very hard for him because he didn't have, you know, the father there, and then I didn't have other men around. I didn't want him to see that. I didn't want to have different men coming in out of the house, him hearing me through men, seeing me through Mm -hmm. men, so it was just me and him. And he was expressing earlier how that bothered him because he really wanted a father, but I couldn't give him what I didn't have. And I don't, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I've seen a lot of women because they wanted to have a man in their life, they would go get involved with another man, have another child, and try uh-huh. to create first child that it didn't give them. Right. And yeah. I don't want to do that. Guilty that's what it is. Me, me too. You know what? I'm not guilty about it. I'm not guilty about it. You know, I'm. Um, I mean, not. I don't. I don't want to accept saying being guilty about it. You know, because um, <clears throat> that's what it was. You know, you, you women and um, women tend to try to duplicate that what they was trying to get, you know, and um yeah, it happened to me. Yes. Oh yeah. It, mm-hmm. I, it happens to me too. Now the reason I, I I don't have and you girls learn this about me anyway, um my faults and my mistakes, um they they just are what they are. I was not going in on a good plan when I was choosing men anyway. I was just anybody who gave me attention because I had a low self-esteem. I was just like, me wow, too. nobody likes And so I just go yep. right on in. I didn't realize, I wasn't thinking at the time of future. Huh. Is this person a suitor? Am I a good suitor for this person? Am I wife material? Are they husband mm-hmm. material? I thought about that. It was like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so right. I'm glad and, that I did because I was able to, I'm so worried about that with my girls and my son that, I, I did the best I could to make sure it didn't happen, and I'm proud to say my daughter's 18 and not knocked up, and my son doesn't have, you know, good reps coming in and out. I am proud of those things. 
And I think I had to probably go through those experiences because if had I not, who knows? I could be, you know, teen grandma my dance stuff nowadays. You know, you just don't know. But as a people, we've lost what family is, what morals mm-hmm. and values are, what real love is. And and until we can get it back as a whole, we're going to, you know, these kids is going to be coming out jacked up and lonely and, and mom's going to be looking for whoever, uh-huh. you know, they well, let me going to be a let me. If I may, let me say this. Since you said that, let me say this before we get cut off. Um, when will you ready to uh, Oh, okay. Well, go ahead, then, Cast. I'm sorry. I'll start oh, talking no, to love. you. Oh, no, love. You go ahead. I'm going to say what you're going to say. Okay. Well, I, I just got you motivated me to say this because, you know, in my case, you know, in the religion, well, you know, after – um, I, in my twenties, in my twenties, I was twenty-one actually, and <clears throat> you know, I had my first apartment. You know, I had a, my I had just become a surgical tech. You know, mm-hmm. so I had everything. You know, was going good. So I actually prayed. You know, to meet someone, a decent man, right? So mm-hmm. the men, the men of my life that I had had and loved and loved me. You know, I mean. Um, they were men that I chose, and they were supposed to have been the best of men. These men were in the culture okay. and religion, you know. Yeah. They were teachers, you know. They were they were teachers and leaders and guides, you know. So, I mean, yeah. it was it all went well for a, a moment, and then something went haywire, you know, and it wasn't me. <laughs> right. You know, well, you know. so... The way I feel about real, it, too, though. is most of these, most, this is because I come from a, a darker side of life sometimes. <laughs> I look at, I'm real real finicky on people, period. I, your role, depending mm. on how well you are, I tend to, I tend to watch you we a little to hear you. more closely. Can you, can you hear me now? Hello? A little bit better. Okay. What about now? Yeah. What about now? Yeah. Okay. I have to walk around my house, you know. Get a fight phone, but um, <laughs> what I was saying is, uh, I understand. I, I'm so I, I went through the stage of uh, predators and things. You know, mm-hmm. so, when, when the show replays, uh, don't even say that you. word, Lord. <laughs> okay, um, so I've noticed that people who tend to have the good roles that tend to be out in the open, good people are the ones I tend to watch the most because they know how to get to the kids. And so for me, I look at a a pastor or a teacher or a Cub Scout or a Girl Scout person, I'm on them like flies on shit because I don't trust people. (laughs) Okay. You know, so, you know, and then I'm a little mental. You sound far away. (laughs) What about now? Okay. Hold on, let me let me go old school. Hold on, ladies, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. but I'm saying when we play back the show. The people are not going to be able to hear you. Okay, well I'll just shut up and, up and wait and for down. the next show since my phone's cutting out. We can hear you now. I don't know if you're moving and talking, but it's going to be hard for people to hear you when the show plays back. Okay. Well, what I did is I took my headphones out. I'm talking directly into the phone now. But, well, we can uh, hear you now. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I took my headphones out. 
but yeah, I tend to I tend to watch the ones that are closest to the kids because I've learned over time and over of lots of research on crimes and, and, and stuff that the ones that we least expect are the ones we need to be watching the most and that and, and then that caused problems for me oh. because when the good ones came around I I didn't know, you know, I didn't know who was good and who wasn't. And if they were too good to be true, I got paranoid, and then I'd I'd mess up those scenarios. So the community needs healing. People need healing. Um, You know, it's it's dark times, you know, and they're all excuses. I I don't don't feel that you have to walk down an aisle and get married to have a family. I really don't feel that that's necessary. I feel that if a man loves you and you love him and you want to have a family Mm -hmm. together, you're going to have that. Walking down the aisle and getting a piece of paper is not going to guarantee that that's going to be a happy family. That person's never going to leave you or never right. going to cheat on you that's or right. never do you wrong. So I don't even really, I'm, I don't buy that marriage thing anymore, even though I was raised to be that way. And then, like, mm-hmm. so I, I think a lot of times everything happens the way that it's supposed to, even if it's what we don't like. Yeah. Our children have their own life path that has nothing to do with us. And they have their yeah. own lessons, their own free will, and their That's own right. experience. And a lot of times when they don't listen and they get rebellious and they do what they want to do, all we can do is either turn our back on them or we can watch them have the experience and love them and support them and be there yeah. when they fall. Yeah. Because well, to me, turning it back is not an option. And that's what it's And a lot of people turn it back on their kids. Yeah, and I know what oh, it yes, was they like do. that. Did not have a mother, so that's why I never did it to my child. Right, that's why I never, I could, I didn't either. <clears throat> you know, because I could just imagine. You know, I, actually, I just, my grandmother filled my void. She filled my void full of love. I had, you know, I felt so loved from her, and then, you know, and then my community, you know, back then, you know, so. It, I, my childhood was ha- it seemed happy. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. I didn't learn a lot of valuable lessons, a lot of really substantial valuable lessons. But I learned life. Is, I learned survival lessons, you know. And you know, I I, I I I had a pretty good childhood, you know, as far as happiness on the happiness scale. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted you all. Jack would say. <laughs> yeah, I wanted you all because I, I I wanted the mother energy since I was I had had the men first and um mm-hmm. so both of you all will be tied up in shows tomorrow. Because if you want to stop by, you can. But I don't know if this hour will be late for you tomorrow. But I'm going to do another show with him tomorrow because I want to get people familiar with who he is and his sound and his style and get him very comfortable yeah. with hosting his shows and being on the mic. and yeah. I wish y'all had heard it because he was so excited. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to play it back. I'm going to play it back. What time is the show tomorrow? It's at the same time unless if I know. You all tell me when your shows are going to be. So I'll, I can try to schedule it at a time when you all will be comfortable. I don't want to do it too late. I'm a late person, but you all might not be. So, because um, it meant a lot for you to come, I, I asked you all the last minute to come, and you decided to. So, I, it's like three of us, like the the power of three, three women, three mothers, and and talking mm-hmm. about the things we've gone through, and then our 
and us having our children and it it means a, a lot to have you all here. Hold on. Yes. And I thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me, you know, oh, yes. and I thank feel you a for part, me. you know, and this is really a beautiful thing, you know, when you first um, told me and uh, introduced me, you know, and introduced us, you know, to um, De Niro Red, you know. So it's I see it as a beautiful, powerful thing. You know, and we're here together, you know, we can help, yeah. you know, guide. There's a platform for that. So um, much love, you know, to you for that. Um, I oh, feel yeah. it. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I, know, I, 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 it, it is good. It's, it's a sisterhood because we obviously trust and care enough about each other that we are exposing our families oh, to yeah. one another now. And for me, uh-huh. that's a great thing because, like I said, how some of us were not picky about who your children are exposed to. I have been yeah. by the people that have come into my life. It's only natural that I want it to radiate down to my children so that they can be around. They, You can't know good that's people right. from bad people until you're around good people and bad people. Yeah, you know, so that's you have right. to. I just don't want them to be fluctuated with this constant negativity and so opening up our families to one another and letting them see the beauty and what we see in one another is, is, yes, is well, the best gift. Being able to communicate, being able to communicate together, you know how powerful that is, you know, to, and be able to talk. And that's why I'm, I, I call and I, I can talk with y'all about it, you know, because we've been holding all all this stuff in all these years, okay. you know, as parents, you know, silently going through these experiences, and you know, so it's a it's a platform where we can communicate and help one another, and and help someone else, you know, maybe we, I'm sure we'll touch someone else and help our children and give them a platform to communicate you know and grow. What bothered me mm-hmm. the most because I'm already a public person. I, I had when this when I was going through this with my child and when he was dealing with the addiction and going in and out of jail and I shared it on YouTube about four years ago and it was a lot of people, black people, that laughed and thought it was funny, you know, because they had jealousy or issues with me. They I, I went seen on blogs. People were talking about it and they thought it was funny and I and it was black people and I thought it was some of the most disgusting shit that I mm. had seen and I just mm-hmm. learned that I I don't discuss all my business anymore. I mean, this is a part of his testimony of who he is. So that's why I'm sharing and I wanted him to share it because I don't want anybody else to share it since he's public. But mm-hmm. that's what I always told him and I wrote him, I said, Don't you ever be ashamed of anything that you've done. Don't you ever be That's ashamed right. of anything. And I will come see him. I say, I'm not ashamed of you. I love you. And I always love you. And I'm so proud of you because you have become a strong and beautiful and a wise man from this experience. You do this time the way you want to. You don't let it do mm-hmm. you. And, and you grind That's hard. Right. This is testing your will as a man. You don't run, you don't shake, you don't motherfucking stutter. Even if you're scared, you got that muscle nigga head. If it comes down to that because you ain't no punk bitch. And you know mm-hmm. your mom bitch oh, the fuck you came from. You owe your goddamn head. That's high. right. Shit, I want to call for my son. You know, like, leave my fucking son alone. And I want my <laughs> damn son. <laughs> I want my 
You know, shit. I, I mean, leave us the fuck alone and leave our children alone. Shit. And no, leave what us I'm alone. The, the pain. No, what I'm saying was bother me, though, was black women thought it was funny. That's what I'm saying. That's what bothered me. Yeah, well, they me. were immature. Well, they were immature. That's no, why I like no. that I met all you, got you a lot guys of silly, ignorant it's like people we're building out here. our own. <laughs> no, but you you got a lot of silly, ignorant bitches out here that oh, will yeah. be glad about your pain and that will celebrate right. your pain. Yeah. If it happened to them, you would never know. They ain't going to tell you, and they wouldn't want nobody to celebrate that shit happening to them. But that's what the point I'm making is it's supposed to be this black sisterhood and brotherhood, all this bullshit, and black men are supposed to be there and be your role model and mentor your boys, especially if they've been in prison or they've worked that's in that right. or they just know what it's like. But a lot of them would not support me. They thought it, this shit was funny. That's when mm. I really you know, realized all black women are not my friend and all of them I cannot trust and I will not share with them no more. Right. That's just, that's a real statement. I mean, for real. The, it's the, real. People are so twisted now that even the men that are supposed to be mentoring are mentoring the wrong information to these boys because we right. that, a lot of people are that. I'm not going to say we because a lot of other people are lost. So I know exactly what you're saying, and that's why I was saying I like us because mm-hmm. we are creating a real sisterhood community, one mm-hmm. of the people that we have felt right. energy and know we are genuine I to one another. I do real sisters anyway. I, I know about sisterhood. You know, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I came up at, in this, as a sister in the sisterhood. You know, I live sisterhood, you know, and, and, and womanhood and all of that, you know, so, um, and I mean, all that other stuff, I don't even mess with that, you know, I, I try not to even be around them kind of damn people, but I know if you public, <clears throat> you know, and, and, and you communicate with people, you're going to have, you know, people well, that don't, you all know. All I'm going to say is get ready, y'all. Is all I'm going to say. Yeah. Get ready. Because now you are yeah, ready. So even though it's small, we're going to start having our face out there. So we need to look to people like Alexis who's been through the, the hails yeah, of celebrity yeah, and understand I can imagine. that once we, it's going to come to us too. And and for me, that'll be a bad thing because I don't like people to look at me. I don't like to be the center oh. of attention. A lot of the time. So, I don't either. But it's not I don't you don't have to be, but, but you don't important. have to be as open as me, Cassie. You don't have to share it in public, but if you want to talk to me privately, you can, but you don't have to. It's like I made my platform about using my my um, my tragedy as a testimony. So I, I always came out starting off talking about myself and my life, mm-hmm. and I knew the attacks and the criticisms that was going to come with it, but you don't have to and see now I learned the hard way it was a lot of people that got joy in my pain and got joy in seeing my son and I hated that I had told people that but I was trying to share with black women because I had seen a lot of black women with their three piece suits on and they designer clothes and bags down there at the jail bailing their teenage sons out like I was but they didn't want nobody to know and they had degrees and and bins and all kind of houses and degrees and shit but their children didn't want to be fucked with them, fuck with them. They wanted to get high and be out in the street with their homies, and the parents mm-hmm. never tell anybody. So I felt like sharing my testimony would make other right. black women know, hey, you're not by yourself, and you're not the only one. And I said, damn, I hate I told that. 
um, when I was going through it because so many black women, some would secretly send me an email and say that they was going through it and they appreciated me sharing my testimony, but other people made fun of it. Other black people made fun of it. So I so Kathy, uh-huh. if you don't want to be the face of it, you don't want to be criticized, honey, keep your business like that to your fucking self or to your sisters. You know, we can get on the phone privately. All three of us can talk. But don't do what I did because a lot of them will have jealousy towards you because you're a pretty woman and you don't know it and you'll be wondering why they think it's something you went through or your child went through that you shared with them trying to help them. They'll think it's funny because mm-hmm. they got an insecurity towards you. That's how silly right. a lot of these black people are. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I'm I like you, though. I mean, I, I, I won't be saying <laughs> some things, but yeah. I, I'm still – it's me to be an open book a lot of the times, and I'm trying to learn to close those pages because with that, what I'm, oh. I'm going to tell you, I learned the hard way. Discern what you tell, honey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll, honey, I won't be doing it no more. You got to see my page. I, I'm over there balled up in a picture that ain't even me. <laughs> I mean, that's what you guys know. I'm learning. I'm just telling you, I, I, like, if that ever happened to my son again, I wouldn't ever get into that. I'm just getting to it now because it's in the past. It's done, and he became victorious, mm-hmm. and it was, like, the best revenge. Shit, I was torn up through that, man. the best revenge. I know. Mm-hmm. Huh? I was torn up through that. You know, going through that when, you, when women have to see their loved ones, their children, you know, and get incarcerated and, you know, that whole prison thing and, you know, see their children in chains and the imagination yeah. and all of that, man. That's some that's some wild, crazy ass Twilight Zone shit for mm. mothers to deal with, you know, and have to and have to deal with. You know. It's it so very, very so painful. And I saw it was mostly women that I saw, mothers coming to visit their sons. The fathers weren't nowhere around mothers of the man that was in uh-huh. jail and baby mm-hmm. mama. That's all I see. Yeah. Women were there. Yeah. The constant, the always constant, though, is the mother. The mother's always constant because usually the baby mama or the other women, they may have five or six that, that float up there, but the real constant, the one that really shows the love and the one that they really need is the mama. So I understand you, uh-huh. you moms going up there, yeah, and I understand the, you know what, but yeah. the, the pain that comes with it because it's like you, yeah. you, there's nothing. You, you feel like you're out of control, like there's nothing you can do, and you know, yeah. in, a, in a jail system, they are not being treated civil. They are not being treated like they should. They're a number according to them, and so I would expect, yeah, definitely pain and and yeah, sleepless but they nights. Need and, they fathers too, they and they need have strong role models, and a lot of the black men that work. And the prison system as police and correctional officers treat them young boys like dogs. I know. I had to actually block the thoughts out, you know, because you can, you know, you can, a mother can worry herself silly, you know, in other words, you know, on on that uh, topic. You know, mm-hmm. that's, I had to, I had to. I couldn't, you know, like worry I, I, I about couldn't, that. I couldn't block it out every I day. I couldn't block it out. I stayed down there. I went up every year and I wrote him and helped him. But when I didn't do that, you know, here every day living, I had to not, you know, as the time went past, I couldn't think about that every day. 
I couldn't, couldn't I do it. it. I guess everybody's mm-hmm. different. I did. I was constantly involved. I was constantly seeing what was going on, learning how the system functions. When he needed something, mm-hmm. I had to be there. I had to fight for him. I had to make petitions and requests for him. It was like a constant everyday thing to me because I know I knew that it was mental, emotional, it was spiritual. It wasn't it was that warfare on that level. It wasn't just yeah. physical. So it consumed me, every part of me. I'm glad you could block it out. I, I couldn't it it was just like this is my child and this is a lesson mm-hmm. for me as well as for him. So I just like dived in it. I worked like you said to stay busy. But then mm-hmm. I realized my responsibility when he needed something, if there was some kind of problem in there and I didn't know how it worked, mm-hmm. I, it was my responsibility to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, and that's, that's, the, that's the type of stuff that, that'll help turn the children around because a lot of kids today don't be, it's just like we said, like I said, you know, I had to learn from myself. I was in the house. Yeah, I wasn't the one that was at the club all the time. I was in the house with the kids every day. But it was like I was here and not here at the same time. So it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the true being here. And you know, this kind of stuff when when I see that Alexis, it's a beautiful thing because I I see what you mean. They have that feel of love, which gives them that confidence, versus when they don't feel that love, they tend to be more insecure. And I had to deal with those issues in my children because, like I said, they're mirrors of me. They're reflecting back problems I have in myself, and now they have them. And so we've been working through this together as a family, and it's been a good thing. And that's what I love about our shows and our unions together because we are all different. We have all walked different paths. We're at all different levels of parenting, and we do not judge each other on it. We learn from one another. And that's what I love about the audience because in the audience we're going to have a mixed patch too. We're going to have some ones that are like me that need to get on that, get on that parent wheel and figure out what they need to be doing right. And they need to know that there's somebody out here like them that ain't scared to change, that's willing to learn from others, that sees better parenting roles yeah. and tries to seek that out. And so No, but I was just like me, you, though. All you guys I started are... off, I was so young when I had my son, and I knew I was going to have to do it by myself. And I was just telling him today, girl was like so deep, and he didn't say nothing. It was people that was, like, trying to, they were putting me down and was like, well, you're young and you don't have no education, you don't have no family to back you up, you're poor, you know, you're not going to be able to take care of that baby. Why don't you give him to us and, you know, that's what you need to do. You need to forget about him and, and, and just give him to us and just go on with your life and go right. to school. You'll be married. You'll have more children. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. with your child? Rag doll or some shit. You know, like a fine <laughs> right. outfit. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's some whack shit right here. No. But, you know, that happens in our communities quite a bit, uh-huh. these young ladies. And, and, and that's what's sad about it, either the yeah. girls. You know, not all of them, but a lot of girls go through that. And, it yeah. was family. And, when I was pregnant, they was begging me for my baby, like, well, give him to us. You know, we'll, we'll keep him. We'll baby. Take care of him. 
and then you get to see him all this time and pretend like you're something you're not. I, I, I they can said, yeah, they said, act like you don't know him. Walk away. Hell, you can't walk. I, this, that, I understand why they, they try that, but to me it's exploiting young mothers just because they're young. And, and the way I feel about it is they don't understand yeah. until they had kids. There is, even though I may not have had, had been telling them all the time, children. I can't just give my kids. I couldn't just give my kids away. I couldn't. And matter of fact, I might not have been the perfect mama, but if they came to my door trying to take them, that's going to be my last day. Uh-huh. That's how I feel. Is what it is. Is. They had they had children. These My were children. older black women, and they they knew what it would feel like. They had theirs, and they kept theirs. But they telling me, goddamn, mine. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you can start over. You'll be fine. You're still young. I hate that they use that young like it's okay, and and, and later kids as if they can replace the the presence of another. Right. That's a trick. Don't fall for it, women. Mm-mm. 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 But you See, know, my mom some women are not as strong as us. Some women can't handle it. And I met black women that do have abortions, do give their babies away, and they don't have no guilt about it. Mm-hmm. And they start over with someone else. I think a lot of them don't have the constitution and the strength that we do. That That's that fighter spirit, that warrior spirit, and people think that every woman has that, and they don't. That is true. So we can't, you know, judge them. Maybe that's a part of their experience. But I was, you know, I try to, like we were talking about earlier, I try to tell him things. I'm like, there are things you don't know about me or my life or what I had to go through to, bring you here. I just want you to know these things because to me, I look at the fact, you know, we're not going to always be in our bodies with our children. We're not going to always be able to love them, eat with them, hug them, touch them on this level, tell them everything you want them to know, write it down, put it on a video, speak it Mm -hmm. to them because you don't know when it's the last time. You see what I'm saying? You're going to see them. You're going to hear them. You're going to be able to touch their body. Yeah. No matter how silly or stupid you think it is or they get tired of hearing it because if you're saying, I love you, baby, I love you, my daughter, I love you, my son, I love you, and they're like, yeah, mom, whatever, you say it all the time. But see, one day they're going to be <laughs> like, damn, I'll pay anything to hear my mama say that because she's not here. That's how I look at it now. I thought, you don't know. I had my child taken, and like you said, y'all, you kept your mind off of, I don't know, is he going to come home? I know he going to come home, but which way is he going to come home? Mm-hmm. Ancestors, mm-hmm. don't let him come home in no box. Don't let him come That's home right. blind or this big or crippled crown. Because you know he going to come right. home, but you can't say bring him home. So they might send him home to your ass through the goddamn mark of medical examiner. Either way, he going to come home. But you, right. a lot of them don't come out of there right. They come out of there dead. That's they come right. out of there fucked up, eye missing, teeth out, leg fucked up and shit. Mm-hmm. I said, I want him to come home like I seen him, like he was born. Yeah. And that really made me realize you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how much time you're going to have with your child or how much time that child going to have with you. You, I feel like you got to make the effort. Because you're the mother, and you got to say things that are unsaid, and you might got to keep on saying things that been goddamn said, like it's your last day saying it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole other different levels that we haven't, you know. It's it's mothers that have lost their children, you know, already. You know, that's why it's, it was such this, you know, the level of it. Just, and I couldn't, you know, I just, I couldn't, my mind, I couldn't worry, you know, have that on my mind all the time, you know. Um, but I, um, you know, it, it's just unimaginable, you know, that level of pain, and a lot of women have already experienced that, too, you know. It's a, it's a real issue. It's real. It's all, and, real. And it's all happening I, I, to us. That's why I'm saying I live each day like it's the last with passion. To me, you can have money all you want to, and it's good to have money, but that, like I said earlier, I've seen plenty of black women with money and degrees, three-piece suits on, flashy cars, designer pocketbooks and shoes, but they had to keep on coming down there to the jail to bail their teenage sons out who didn't want to fuck with them, who was fucking with their mm-hmm. friends, who'd rather get high, who'd rather run the street with their friends and be around them, the big houses and the money and the cars and the education. They didn't want to fuck with their parents. So you must. Like every day is your last family and the bond you have with your children is more important than the money. You want to always build that bond, and you and your children can create the money together. You can build your empire right. together, but just the money itself ain't going to make your children love you and want to fuck with you. Right. In some right. cases, it ruins the relationship because people replace the love with with gifts. Of, of, mm-hmm. of material fashion, which has nothing to do with what they want. And um, I saw it. And we yeah. really had to get into it because it's all, you know, it's, it's love and interaction, you know. I mean, we're linked, you know, and I'm, that's what it is, really. All of us want to be, you know, we want to have our loving relationships, you know. We want to, to, to interact. You know, we're human beings, so, I mean, it's it's that yearning, you know, that yearning for love, whether it's parenting, you know, whether it's um, being married, whether it's relationships between our friendships, you know. So, I mean, all that's reality. And that's part of being a human being, and we have to stop living so superficially, you know, um, by some of this damn matrix and not communicate. You know, we haven't, we, there's been so... So many of us have been hurt, and so many, so many breakdowns in communication, and and to just be family, you know, we don't even know how to be family, you know. Well, some you of this, it, it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to want that want to learn. You don't worry about the rest of them. You learn. You be the yeah. example. To me, there's nothing more important than bonding with what you gave birth to. Even if they might not want to talk to you or be bothered, you still show unwavering, unconditional love to them. Yes, they have to be accountable. I'm not saying that, no matter what they do. But you still, even if you have to be stern with them, you have to out, you're the goddess. So if you don't know how to stand in your square or you got issues on standing 360 degrees in vagina power and that child is triggering something within you, like Cassius was saying, she saw emotional issues that reminded her of fractures in her. So that means you got to tie mm-hmm. your game. And that child is 
reminding you or triggering an emotional response from you that something's broken in mm-hmm. you, so you can tighten that because you the goddess. That's what they make you do unless right. you want to keep going around being deficient. That's up to you, but it's really not acceptable. You you can't right. say you're going to be a teacher and be the best and be a role model when you're not checking yourself while you check in someone else. You have to always try while you're in your body, at least to me. That's what I'm doing. I, I always right. try to spend more time working on me and getting me right, and no matter what my son do or how he pisses me off or what he say, mm-hmm. it's still my responsibility to check myself and stand on my square. All that hollering right. and cussing in my heart and you like your dad, this and that. No, that's not acceptable, and that's not going to happen. You you need to always be the example for your children because you're the goddess. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, I mean, we have responsibility as women to uh, grow and develop and learn it, to be hopeful women, you know, on all the all the angles and all the angles of it, you know. So, I mean, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. We have responsibility mm-hmm. to ourselves, you know, to be women and to whatever we create, be goddesses and whatever it is we create. You know, whatever it is that we we uh, touch in one way or another, you don't just, just don't walk around or or move around on this planet not knowing what the hell you're doing. You don't do that. Be lost, you know, lost in the damn soft, you know, old school. <laughs> you be lost like a a, a a a mummy, a zombie, just walking around not knowing what mm-hmm. you're doing. Mm-hmm. We are a lot more powerful than we know we are, and I learned that as I got older from just little things. You can do something that was so minute to yourself but was the world to someone else, and and you can have such an impact on somebody and not even realize it. And so what you said mm-hmm. about being your children's goddess and, and basically guiding them and teaching by example makes the perfect sense. I think, yeah. for real, I had, I had a homeboy, and this is kind of a funny story, but this goes to show the power of, of who you are and you don't even realize it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we were gang members growing up or whatnot, but he had an interesting name to me. And, I, and his, yeah. uh, I, his, his name was uh, Razzle. And um, yeah. I, loved, I loved the name for some reason, but every time I heard the name, I never called him Razzle. I always would say, Razzle me, dazzle me. Something about his name. I was just it gave me the phrase. And I, I would just say Razzle me Dazzle me. It was no big deal. I was the only one that ever did it and it was to me it was just I can't hear a, you. A, a inside joke. I'm gonna stop talking and take that up next time because my phone will be jacking up, so I'm not even gonna start something that we're not gonna be able to listen to later. <clears throat> so we'll bring well, it up another time. Yeah, we'll just have to do it again. It was good to have you two share energy yeah. with us at I had to leave early. It was wonderful. I got two two new sisters. Yeah, I just so good at talking. Mm-hmm. Child, mm-hmm. You, wait a minute, y'all say hey to De Niro. He done came in. Hey, hey, oh, hey, De Niro. Hey. <laughs> hey, De Niro. Oh, perfect. You got you trying to go? You gonna go on? Okay. What you saying? Going on now? For her? Oh, well, you just 
Jay coming in, finna go back with having his night out. So I'm gonna let him go. I ain't gonna get on his nerves too much. I know he needs space from me sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. But thank you all. It's my two thank sister you. girls, my two new sister yeah. girls, for hanging out, talking. Because we all we are brothers. And we have sons in common. It was so powerful to have you all join me because you know exactly what I feel and the experiences. And it was just wonderful. Y'all helped to give me a lot of healing energy. Yeah. I wish I had known you. I think we give that to each other because you guys give me a lot of healing energy too and a lot of inspiration. So that's why you guys catch me in your box a lot and in your, you know, because you guys inspire (laughs) You bring the best in me out, and I need to bring the best out. And me too. Thank you. Well, thank y'all you. let me know so much. you want to join me again, because it, it was really okay. nice having you here. You're going to be on tomorrow, so my show's not starting until not this Saturday, but next Saturday, so I'll be calling in tomorrow too. Yay. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll um, call in, but, you know, I have a schedule to keep up homework and all that mess. So, oh, that's right. Oh, there right. you go. Wonder yeah, I'm woman. balancing everything. <laughs> if you call in and you got them books open, I'm going to get you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, good I, night, I can't do it at the same time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you tell me what time right, you can and we'll adjust it. Uh, good night, y'all. I'm going to go out with the new old song. What you say, Cassie? Same time okay. tomorrow, right? The same time tomorrow? Let's see what, well, she got to tell us what her schedule so we can all three try to be here together. We got to find out what each each other's schedule is tomorrow. If I need to change it, okay. I will, so we can all talk. All right, then I'll, okay. I'll wait for you, Miss Lady, and we'll catch okay. you tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> okay we'll connect. Peace and love. They're going to hate this one. Nah, nigga. Ow. Ain't that, nigga. No. <laughs> Ain't now nigga finna shine on me. Ain't now nigga finna style on me. Ain't now nigga finna front on me. Ain't now nigga finna front on me. Ain't now nigga. Now ain't now nigga. Ain't now nigga. Ain't now nigga finna shine on me. Ain't now nigga finna style on me. Ain't now nigga finna front on me. Ain't now nigga. Now ain't now nigga. Ain't now nigga. Ain't now nigga.
Hey, Daniela Red wants to say something before we close the show. Oh, go ahead, Daniela. I love you all so much. This is De Niro Red. I love you all for listening to my show and listening to Alexis. R.I.P. and condolences to Renisha McBride. Mm-hmm. She was a very beautiful woman, mm-hmm. and I hope there is some type of justice. You all know what I mean, whether it's street-wise or courtroom-wise. It has to be justice. R.I.P. to Renisha McBride. She was a very beautiful girl, and... I sing and all this without her family. And I love you all. I love you all. De Niro HD, De Niro Red HD. I'm excited. <laughs> y'all fuck with me, man. Fuck my campaign. I fuck with y'all. I love y'all. Go on. They gonna hate this one. Nah, nigga. Ow. Ain't now, nigga. No. <laughs> Ain't now nigga finna shine on me. Ain't now nigga finna style on me. Ain't now nigga finna front on me. Ain't now nigga finna front on me. Ain't now nigga finna shine on me. Ain't now nigga finna style on me. Ain't now nigga finna front on me. Ain't now nigga finna front on me. Ain't now nigga. Now ain't now nigga. Ain't now nigga. No, ain't no, 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 Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.